Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Money Wise Radio Show with the Money Guys. What a pleasure to be with you this Sunday morning, Ray and Pete. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Congratulations, Peter. Oh, yes. Thank you. I'm in love already. (laughs) Peter has a brand new baby girl, and tell everybody who's listening what the name of your new daughter is. Charlotte Hazel. Charlotte Hazel Lance. And the Charlotte, uh, we have a Charles as a family name on my side of the family. My wife's uh, mother's name is Charlene and had a uh, uh, Charlotte as well as like a great aunt, I believe. And the Hazel, uh, the middle name is after my Nana who passed about a decade ago, your mother, of course, dad. Uh, who still to this day is the best person I've ever known. So it's Charlotte Hazel Lance. Well, we're pleased with a new addition in our family, Phil. Yes, We're really excited. And last week we had an interesting time because Peter's new baby girl, Charlie, I'm going to say Charlie, Charlie came into the office, and my daughter came in with her (laughs) 14-month-old, and they were both in the conference room, and they were both having their diapers changed at exactly the same time. It's like riding a bike. You never forget. That's right. (laughs) Oh, my God. Is she ever so gorgeous? Oh, it's fun. It's great fun. Oh, my goodness. Are you going to post her picture on Facebook or something? Folks, she is absolutely just beautiful. Photos are all over Facebook, (laughs) Phil. They were within about a half an hour after she was born. There you go. (laughs) Congratulations. Well, we're pleased to have uh, the time this morning to talk about something very important, especially as I think about my own grandchildren. My children are beyond the age of education. No, that's not well put, is it, Phil? Nobody's beyond the age of education. We always learn. We keep on learning. I tell that to my grandchildren and my grandsons all the time. I said, what did you learn today in school? Because you have to learn something every single day. They say when uh, you finish changing, you're finished. (laughs) Okay. Not diapers, though. You weren't weren't talking about diapers. Diapers excluded. Okay. I want to read something uh, this morning, uh, one of my favorite quotations, and one of the people I'd like to quote from is my favorite friend, Ben Franklin. Now, I've actually used this before, but it has a special application for what we're going to talk about this morning. And Ben Franklin said, uh, on the subject of education, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. And this morning, we're privileged to have two gentlemen who are in the knowledge business, and not only that, helping children, young people, figure out how to finance their school education, which is extremely important today. So we're privileged to have Dave and Dave with us. We have Dave Allen, who's the Director of Financial Aid from Bristol Community College. Good morning, Dave. Welcome. Good morning. And we also have Dave White, who is a guidance counselor at Dartmouth High School, which is also where Peter went. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. So we won't forget their names this morning, (laughs) Phil. And if anybody wants more information about how to get uh, information from these gentlemen, they can be in touch with our office. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to talk about college funding, a critically important topic. And I'm going to ask you a question first, Phil. It's always about me. It's always about. Have you ever, about, have you ever noticed always, that? Pete? It's always about Phil. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most important investment that you can make? In yourself, obviously. Education. Yes, absolutely. And education, unfortunately, is very expensive today. We're we're blessed with a magnificent college system in Massachusetts. Not only public colleges, but private colleges. Um, 
Would either of you gentlemen care to comment on the quality of advanced or secondary education? Is secondary the right word? Post-secondary. Post-secondary. Sure. Uh, I'm a product of the state system as well, both my uh, Bachelor of Science degree from Salem State and my Master's degree from UMass Dartmouth, and I would not be able to be in the position I am to help students uh, at Bristol Community College, help my family, if I didn't have an education, and there's nothing um, better than going through the state system. And we're talking to Dave Allen, who answered that particular question. And you're now at uh, BCC. What percentage of students at BCC would you say receive help, financial help? Well, if you look at the students who are in degree-seeking programs and those programs which are eligible for financial aid, I would say close to 75% are now receiving some form of financial assistance. Amazing. And Pete, you had some experience at BCC also. I did. I loved BCC. I thought it was a a great school. Um, I know a lot of people who uh, go there for a year and then transition elsewhere. I know a lot of people who go there and uh, graduate with their two-year degree um, and then go elsewhere or graduate with their two-year degree and and begin their careers. It's, It's a fantastic school. I have nothing but positive things to say about it. The instructors were very helpful and all the uh, the rest of the staff and you know the uh, financial department were very helpful in my time there. Okay. And uh, Ray, both daughters who are going to have babies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Andrea attended BCC and transferred to UMass Dartmouth School of Nursing as a registered nurse. Athena attended BCC, graduated, and then went to Johnson & Wales and is now in management with Estee Lauder. So BCC was a great foundation, wonderful foundation. And we really can believe all the ads that we see on television about the educational system in Massachusetts. We're really very blessed to live in this state. You know, that's good to know, Phil. And uh, Peter, you also went to Dartmouth High School. And graduated from Dartmouth High School. I did. Uh, not the new high school, which is on, um, is it Slocum on, Road? On Baker, Ta- Bakerville. Bakerville, Road. okay, between uh, Slocum and uh, Tucker Road, basically. Uh, I never had a chance to go to that school. I, I understand it's a really nice facility. Uh, I went to the old Dartmouth High School, which, uh, not the old, old one, which is now the, um, the town hall, but the one that's on Slocum Road between the town hall uh, and John George Farms. So we all have uh, a great deal of unique history here. And Dave White from Dartmouth High School, you must see a lot of interesting things in your role as guidance counselor in the high school. I I do. I see a lot of interesting things, and I can appreciate to talk about the state college system because I am also a product, as Dave is, from BCC. I'm a product of UMass uh, uh, Boston. Interesting. And very proud of the fact that I was the first uh, graduating class that came out of there. So that was 1978. I'm dating myself. I'm old. Uh, (laughs) But uh, it's amazing that the Kennedy Library was built after I left it. But a wonderful system and very strong. And over the years, as I've gone on to further my education and uh, received my master's from Cambridge College, in guidance uh, in secondary counseling I I had this yen to be working with students and I have continued over my 30 plus years of working to work with students at all levels and Massachusetts just has it all going everything is there so and uh, having a school like BCC uh, nearby uh, is absolutely a tremendous uh, backup for us at Dartmouth High School. Mm. That's good to know and my daughter uh, Catherine who by the way is now a lawyer went to UMass Amherst and received her degree in psychology from that school. And my wife graduated from UMass Dartmouth. 
Wow. And my son graduated from UMass Amherst. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's so, talk about the important thing, which is money. How do we pay for college today? And uh, Peter, I know you've got a list, and these gentlemen have experience. You must deal with this question all the time. How do you pay for college? And let's start with some of the basics, like what are some of the kinds of student loans that are available? Sure. Uh, first off, you, you, it's never too soon to start planning. You want to start planning as soon as, as soon as your daughter was given birth. That's when you start planning. You start putting money away. Uh, but if you are in the situation where you were not able to, to save for a college education, there are student loans available. They're called the direct subsidized and unsubsidized loan that the student can borrow. And there is also the direct plus loan where parents can borrow for the student. There are also alternative options. Uh, the one we try to promote the most would be the MIFA loan. MIFA stands for what? Massachusetts Educational Authority. Okay. And um, there are also some federal grants and, and programs available too, I believe. Like, uh, does the federal Pell Grant still exist today? Federal Pell Grant still exists. Uh, it increases slightly almost every single year. Unfortunately, it doesn't increase at the same percentage as some of these, uh, some of the college's tuition and fees. And is that actually a program that's directly from the federal government? Is it administered by the schools? It is a program from the federal government. We check the eligibility based on the FAFSA, the Free Application for Federal Student Aid. Based on that information, we're able to indicate what you're eligible for, including the Pell Grant, and that can be used towards tuition fees, room and board. Let me come back to a, a question from the high school level for a minute. Uh, and who helps students fill out the financial aid forms? I know Peter has done some of that in our office for some clients, for example. Well, it's really interesting because before we get to that, I just wanted to mention is that there's so much that does go on before you do the financial aid piece. It's the students have to pick the school. And that's the career piece that like we focus on on the, on the high school side. So it's huge. And it starts in ninth grade. And Dartmouth has a, uh, a curriculum and a program where we're very um, – comprehensive with our 9 to 12 program and we're working on trying to get these students focused on a pyramid if you will trying to go up to try to find that right that right major um, and then as we get into the financial aid piece we almost used to say years ago we'll do everything but the financial aid piece because it's so personal parents are not willing to you know just open up to say you know this mm -hmm. is in my checkbook and we don't want to do that okay. but we do need is they come for questions and so they're more open now they come to our junior meetings we were loaded we had over 200 and, and 220 parents that showed up recently, a month and a half ago, that came to the high school. Um, we actually had a financial aid seminar. A representative from Providence College welcomed to come down, and mm -hmm. he did a presentation. And they started talking about, how do I get my kids there? And so he tells them exactly what Dave was just saying. There's all kind of things out there. Um, right now, it's something that parents have to deal with. Uh, I looked this morning, 25% of consumer debt is coming from student loans in the United States. And the figure I have in front of me here from the MIFA uh, organization, Massachusetts Educational Finance Authority, talks about almost $155 billion is taken out yearly hmm. on loans. So it is a, a slippery slope. And what we try to do in the high school, to answer your question going back, is to say we want to have safety schools and we want to look at having schools that are called match and then finally a reach school. And that reach school could be financially 
very high, but we give them options. You know, it's, it's, it's so much different from the time that I went to college, which was a long time ago. I think we might have had a guidance counselor at the time, but there was never any discussion about how to prepare for college or which colleges you should go to. I applied to one college when I was a senior in high school. I applied to Clark University in Worcester. I got accepted. I went there for four years. And nobody in my family had been to college before. Nobody had given me any information about any other places that I should apply to. When I graduated from college, I was an honors graduate. I was fairly near the top of my class at the time. And I received a book award of um, some papers by Benjamin Franklin, by the way, two books on Benjamin Franklin. That's where my love of Ben Franklin comes from, by the way. He gets paid every time Every time uh, Ben Franklin is mentioned, he actually gets paid. Is, but, that, is that from the Franklin Institute? They're paying him? <laughs> no, but those, those books came from the Yale Club of New Haven because I graduated from school down in Connecticut. And at the time, had I known any better, I probably could have taken my book award and my good grades and walked down to Yale University and said, I'd like to go to your school. And they probably would have taken me in, but I didn't know anything differently. I didn't know anything better at the time. And you say things have changed since when you were, you know, leaving high school and looking to enter your college career. Things have changed drastically just since I graduated from Dartmouth High back in 94. I mean, that was 19 years ago. Uh, and, you know, we didn't even think about college until halfway through our junior year. Um, I think I applied to maybe two or three colleges at most. Uh, now they're recommending four to eight. I think that there were two or three guidance counselors at the time uh, back then, and I know when I called for uh, you, Mr. Uh, Mr. White, David White, uh, there were, what, five or six different guidance counselors there's, there? There's six of us currently yeah. serving 1,100 students. So it's, it's much different, and you know, they prepare you much uh, better for you know, entering your college career. But that's very interesting, too, Dave, when you're talking about the high school level. That's, that's a fairly small number of people to handle that many students, isn't it? It's a lot better than it used to be. The national average is uh, one, one guidance counselor for 250. That's what the recommended average is. Um, when I first started uh, 10 years ago in Dartmouth, I came in, there was uh, 310 students that I had. Um, it is a full-time job. Um, don't know that, let anyone think that tell you that a guidance counselor doesn't work. Uh, we're constantly, because there's more than just students going to college. We have students with special needs issues. We have parent meetings. And, of course, the communications in high school is the biggest thing. I always tell parents, ask your questions now because you're not going to be going to BCC and, or UMass or anyone else and saying, you know, could you tell me how my son or daughter is doing? So we, we really are kind of like the proving ground at the high school level. Mm -hmm. That's what all high schools really are. Well, paying for college is critically important today. We, we hear stories all the time about tuitions of $30,000 and $40,000 and higher and higher. And both gentlemen are signaling that it's much higher than that. When I went to Clark University, it was expensive at the time. I had no money. My parents had no money. My parents paid $2,000 in total towards my education. And everything else I paid for with working part-time, some student loans, uh, some scholarship money, and basically put myself through school. But I, I think that's much more difficult today, given the, the size of the tuition. You really have to start, uh, start looking at the cost. The cost at the state college level is considerably less than some of your privates. And just, just realizing that that is a form of financial aid, uh, it doesn't matter what history class you take, George Washington was still the first president, and if it cost you 
$1,500 a course to learn that, or if it costs you $300 a course, there's some significant savings just there mm-hmm. alone. Well, we've already heard this morning, uh, Phil, that it's important to start thinking about which college or school you might want to have a, a child go to or the child might want to go to mm-hmm. as early as freshman in high school. And at what point do you actually start applying for school and start to think about the types of financial aid that are available? Well, there are some early decision programs at some private schools. You would want to really start looking, once you narrow it down, you really would want to start looking at the different colleges' websites, find out what the application process is, find out what documents are needed, uh, take a look at their financial aid website, and also look at their process as well. Some colleges ask for additional paperwork in addition to the FAFSA, and you want to make sure that you complete those and meet the deadlines. The deadlines are the probably the most important part of the process. So the parents, as well as the, the student, need to really focus in on those very important deadlines. Probably what, in the junior year? J- junior year is, is the year that you do this. As a matter of fact, that's where you visit the colleges as well. <clears throat> we insist that the, uh, you know, the parents and the students get out there rather than just throwing a dart at the wall and saying, oh, this sounds good, or uh, BU has a great uh, you know, basketball team, or et cetera. So we, we seriously look at that and, and try to push people to say, take a look at you know, what school you could possibly afford. And again, it's, it's getting it together, and I agree with Dave says, is that it's early decision, but Dartmouth High School this year, over 70, 72% of our high school senior class this year has applied early action. That's the big caveat today in education where uh, students can apply for a number of colleges with no penalties. If they're accepted, they'll know by Christmas time. And wow. that is a big relief for a lot of families. They like to know. At that point, after accepted, financial aid awards will come in after you're accepted. That's a misconception that you get an award before you get there, and a lot of parents are looking for that. Okay. I can tell you that at Bristol Community College, we we do not hold up the uh, financial aid award. If the student is going through the admissions process, as soon as we get the FAFSA, the application to apply for financial aid, we push out that that decision right away because we know that parents are sitting there with their student, their child, trying to determine which school would be the best fit both for the student but also for the parent financially. Bristol Community College is still holding information sessions and on-the-spot admissions where they can sit down with an admissions counselor and a financial aid counselor. We actually have one coming up on May 25th. Okay, so even even in the spring of this year, if somebody's going to school in the fall, they can still get information about financial aid. And we are a one-stop, you know, shop, if you will, at our office for everything financial related. Uh, we have a whole bunch of information uh, packets that we are able to give out if anybody's interested. If you have a child or a grandchild who's uh, going to be entering college any time in the next two or three years, you may want to ask us uh, to send you that. It's a, it's a full form. It talks about sort of what you can do to prepare uh, for college, uh, what you can do to try to get some scholarships and improve your loan chances. Um, and, it, it, you know, it goes into some questions uh, that you can ask colleges, like what is your graduation rate, uh, you know, um, 
what is the starting salary of people who graduate. There's, there's a whole, it's a, it's a large packet that goes into great detail about uh, every single aspect. Um, why, don't you, why don't you mention very quickly, Pete, the name of our company and how somebody could reach you if they wanted that kind of information. Sure. Uh, USA Wealth Group, of course. And um, just give us a call. We'll be happy to mail this packet out to you. It's very informative. Uh, it, the number is 508 8858. And uh, as the other David, David Allen, was just uh, talking about the FAFSA form, it goes into detail about that as well. But I'm sure if your child or grandchild is in high school, they have a, a good guidance counselor who can assist with that as well if, um, uh, if that's something that your family is comfortable doing. The FAFSA form really should be in as early as possible after January 1st as well. That's a good tip. Sure. We we have a priority deadline of May 1st. Most state institutions do have a priority deadline of May 1st, but that is typically for a student who's planning on going to school full-time. We realize that a number of students are going to school part-time because they're also working part-time or they're taking care of their, their children as well. That May 1st deadline is still key because at some point we start to award all of our allocation and the only thing that would be left would be uh, student loans, uh, some federal, federal grants, but really the, we start losing some of our state funding at that point. We find in our office that we're advising more and more parents and especially grandparents on ways that they can assist their children or their grandchildren in college. And 529 plans are a way to accumulate money. They've fallen out of favor a little bit because the returns haven't been great lately. But we're doing some very creative things right now with life insurance. We set some up recently for a grandparent uh, whose wife had died and we've set aside some money into insurance policies and the insurance is building cash value for about a 15-year period for very young children when those children get ready to go to college the money can be borrowed out of those life insurance policies used for their education and it doesn't count against them. It's not an asset of theirs. It doesn't count against them on the financial aid form. And we could do an entire show, just you and I, Dad, on different ways that you can uh, maximize you know, funds to help pay for your child or grandchild's education, uh, including life insurance on your own life and taking a loan out when the uh, child or grandchild is old enough to uh, enter college, you take a loan out on that policy, and that can help to pay for it as well. But we're not going to go into a lot of detail with that today because we do have the, the two experts um, here today. Um, so we're, when we come back, and, and I, I know uh, uh, David White wants to say something briefly, but uh, when we why, do come back in the second half, second. we're going to talk more about uh, ways that you can improve your chances of getting into a college and ways that you can improve your chances of getting a scholarship. Sure. I just wanted to mention one thing before we went to break is that the CSS profile is the secondary form of applying for financial aid. I didn't want to forget that before because we're talking about the great uh, Massachusetts State College system, and there's also wonderful private colleges here too. But if the state college is not requiring anything else except for the FAFSA right now to apply, the, the free financial form, some of the schools like Boston University, you know, $58,000 plus, um, wow. you know, George Washington University, I looked up this morning, $61,000 a year. 
Uh, wow. These schools are requiring what they call CSS profile, which you file on the College Board site. And what happened is, is that does con uh, contain information for you to fill out. Like, for example, you have a mother in a nursing home, a grandparent in a nursing home. There's excess charges going on. The FAFSA doesn't t pick that up. It's not going to do that. But the CSS profile will show that you have a burden, and so therefore you may be able to get some extra financial help at those schools. Because otherwise, schools like Northeastern at $59,000 a year are not going to have anybody there. That's why they can award $15,000 merit scholarships, $20,000 merit scholarships that are renewable if you keep a GPA. And before we uh, take a break, gentlemen, uh, what a great first part of the show. A lot of wonderful uh, information. I just want to remind our listeners, first of all, thank you for tuning in. And secondly, USA Wealth Group is sponsoring a free workshop that you really can't afford to miss on Tuesday, May 14th, 2 to 3.30 and then 6.30 to 8 p.m. at USA Wealth Group. 352 Fonts Corner Road, right across the street from the uh, UMass Law uh, Campus. And then on Thursday, May 16th, 6.30 to 8 p.m. at the Hampton Inn in Fairhaven. Again, these are free workshops that you can't afford to miss. More on that when we come back on the Money Wise Radio Show. Welcome back to Money Wise Radio Show with the Money Guys Pete and Ray Lance, and I say Pete first because he is really the father of the hour. He's the man of the hour. <laughs> that's right. My name has been mentioned first, and that's a first. <laughs> we'll, we'll call it the Pete Ray Show from now on. How's that? Oh, we gotta we gotta remember Phil. Phil, <laughs> <laughs> terrific first half. You know, this is such an important topic. We're talking this morning about college funding and. How do you find enough money to pay for college today? I guess one of the things that I would say is don't be discouraged. There are many, many sources of funds available. There are many experts out there like Dave Allen and Dave White uh, from BCC and uh, Dartmouth High School. And uh, Peter and I also give a lot of information to clients, grandparents and parents alike, on how to put aside enough money to pay for education. No better investment. And we'll get some tips, I guess, right now from uh, David uh, White probably is uh, a good uh, source to go to for different scholarships that are out there and ways that people can maximize their chances for getting scholarships. Well, thanks. So locally, I know Dartmouth High School last year and this year will continue to give local scholarships that seniors can apply to. And I was checking the figure before I came here today, this morning, and it was about $119,000 uh, that's donated uh, scholarship-wise. That's a pretty nice amount for to get, to get students going. Um, and typically, as we talked about in the first part of the show, about the FAFSA form being filled out and different scholarships, there's many different ways to get some money. And don't forget things like work-study. Um, but what I do remember is that that uh, you do get a Stafford loan, and you can students can take it out on their good looks without having any credit, and they can take up to $5,500 on a subsidized and unsubsidized loan for the first year. The sophomore year, it's uh, $6,500 on the federal match, and then finally the last two years, the students can borrow up to $7,500. So yes, that's a lot, but it takes that burden a little bit off of parents and looking around for other types of education. Um, the work-study part is what I just want to mention, but you can't can't remember that it's not free money. You still have to come up with that money up. So I love it when the school sends you and says you have been awarded $2,000 of a work study. And I have to say in my office to the students, you have to come up with that 2000 They will pay you if you work at the school up to that amount of money. You can earn that. And so that's just something that I should point out this morning. I didn't know that before. That's, that's interesting to know. 
I'd like to say just a couple of things about scholarships and money in general, a couple of little anecdotes. I have a, a client whose son was a good baseball player. In fact, the father played for the uh, Pirates, I think, for a couple of years as a professional baseball player. And so his son took to baseball. He got accepted into Harvard, and he had an athletic scholarship uh, for four years. But the parents' income was only a total of about $50,000. And he said when he sat down with the financial folks at Harvard, they said the hardest part is to get accepted to the school. If you're accepted there, we'll find a package that works for you and make sure that you can afford it and pay for it. So I'm, I'm mentioning that because I think in general people sometimes would be discouraged if they see the high cost of a tuition and might not even apply. But maybe there's some unusual programs available. Well, what we do at Bristol is we look at what the student student's total cost is, and they will get a bill for tuition and fees, but we also include within our packaging the cost of books. A lot of parents, a lot of students do not realize that once they go to college, they're going to have to pay the books, and these books could be up to $200 a class. For classes, you're looking at 800 books plus additional material, all of a sudden there is a hidden fee, you might say, of $1,000. So when we put the financial aid package together, we make sure that we include tuition fees and we put money aside for books where they can use it as a, we call it a book advance. Money hasn't been dispersed to them yet, but they're given a line of credit before the semester starts up to a certain amount of money based on their enrollment to cover books. I'd like to say a quick word about scholarships in general. There are a lot of scholarships that uh, are available, and sometimes people might not know about them. Um, so, Dave from Dartmouth, I'm going to call you that. Um, how do we apply? How do we apply for local scholarships? How do we? How do the students find out what local scholarships might be available? All the surrounding towns, everybody will uh, have something at their high school. We have a website, and if you go to the Dartmouth uh, webpage, you can see the high school. Click on the Guidance tab, and you'll see that there's local scholarships. The students are able to see it that way, plus they're able to come into the Guidance Office. We constantly promote that so that there's confidentiality. The students can apply. Um, in many cases, they'll apply directly to the institutions that are given the scholarships. And if there are scholarships that are being offered at the high school, they're brought in given to the Guidance Secretary. And then they're placed in a pool, and then appropriately the teams will get together and they'll select that actually next Tuesday. Next Tuesday wow. will be the date that the major scholarships will be chosen for the senior class. How are they announced? Um, they're announced at a very special night where parents are brought in and uh, in the auditorium, and they announce them, bring them up on stage, and it's pretty exciting. So the students would get a letter in the mail saying that they have been selected. It doesn't say anything except they've just been selected. And, and there's scholarships everywhere now. I mean, you really should do your research and try to find out everything that's out there. A lot of the local scholarships may not be as large um, as some of the other national ones or some of the ones that the, uh, certain schools may have, uh, but um, those are called pizza scholarships because it's it's pizza money it's $500 to $2000 and that's not pocket change but it doesn't pay for you know a large portion of the uh, tuition fees but it's still very but it helpful might apply for book might pay for books sure and most colleges actually have a scholarship office in addition to a financial aid office where there are donors throughout the community that donate money towards higher education, towards students' uh, tuition and fee costs and, and book costs, you would want to make sure that you take a look at their website, their webpage as well for the application um, 
application to be completed and as well their deadlines. And another important tip is any company that you work for, that family members work for, uh, your child, uh, grandchild, whoever, any company that they work for that you work for, ask and find out if that company offers any scholarships. A lot of them do. Most large companies do. Um, in addition, any organizations that you belong to, whether it's a church, uh, whether it's the Masons, as my father and I are members of, uh, any organization, any uh, company, ask. It doesn't hurt to ask and find out what, you, uh, what might be available. I was just going to mention, just to kind of review, that there's two big scholarships, which is usually they call them needs-based scholarship and merit-based scholarships, and Dave can probably add to that too. But, uh, you know, the, the story you gave me about the Harvard and about the students going there, uh, those schools, Harvard, Princeton, those schools notoriously will make sure that you don't have any debt coming out. Those students get picked up, but there's only a 6% acceptance rate if you get accepted to Harvard. Mm. And if you're accepted there in the tuition, trust me, they're going to make the endowments that are there um, they're, as you folks know in money, rolling over and over and over, they're able to do that. Um, I know a couple of years ago, some of the schools reported um, Amherst. Amherst College, I read this morning, uh, lost uh, 25% of their endowment on some of our tough years. Wow. And so they still were able to take the hit and continue on. Uh, so, you know, money makes money, as we know. And even when it doesn't make money, it's still going to make money. Phil, one of the things I'm involved in right now, um, as you know, I've been fairly actively involved in the Masons, and a number of us in this room have been purely by coincidence this morning. It's interesting. Um, one of the things that I have the great pleasure of doing for the last couple of years, and this year as well, is I'm the scholarship chairman for the Valley of Southeastern Massachusetts Scottish Rite Masons, which goes all the way from Cape Cod all the way through Plymouth and Bristol counties. And we award scholarships every single year I actually have the job of reviewing scholarship applications from across the entire state, and then I have to evaluate them and make recommendations. Those scholarships are typically about 1000 to $1,100 a year, but then the Grand Lodge of Masons in Massachusetts, which is headquartered in Boston, also awards scholarships typically at around a $5,000 per year level. And often if a student qualifies for one year, they're going to qualify for four years going through school. So those are very important. You They're bet, a combination yeah. of scholastic background and scholastic record activities and needs-based as well. Anyone can apply, or do you have no. to have somebody in the family who's a Mason? You have to have um, a parent, a, a father typically, who's a Scottish Rite Mason or who is a Mason. Now, in the past, it used to be it could be a grandparent who was also a Mason. They've had to eliminate that a little bit because of investments and because of the numbers of people who are applying. But if you belong to an affinity group or if your parent belongs to an affinity group, a social organization, the Elks or something like that, they will often have uh, applications as well, scholarship money. So let's, let's talk about um, what's the best way for somebody to get ready for a financial aid application? What do they have to do? What kind of record keeping do they need to put together? Sure. Uh, let me start by saying that we have workshops at Bristol Community College to help students and parents to complete the, the FAFSA process. We, we use the uh, online application for the FAFSA, and we counsel students and parents on completing that application. You also would need income taxes as well, federal income taxes for both the student and the parent, 
And even if that hadn't been done yet or hasn't been done yet, you can always project on prior year and complete the application, complete the FAFSA using prior year income. The FAFSA has a has the ability, the FAFSA application, the FAFSA website has the ability to actually link with the IRS, uh, the IRS website to be able to pull in that in that financial information and bring it into the FAFSA. So we do have to have organized financial records, obviously, to apply for any kind of financial aid. Exactly. There's a lot of information that needs to be compiled if you don't have it already uh, to successfully fill out the FAFSA form, uh, which is why we have uh, assisted some clients uh, with doing that uh, at times because it is a very involved form. Um, and you really want to make it as accurate as possible, both so you don't get into any difficulties uh, with uh, misinformation, but also so you know your uh, child is uh, able to receive the most amount um, of money eligible to them. And you also get something back that's called the student aid report. And that student aid report is where you can actually fix things if you make a mistake. Hmm. And a lot of times people will do things very quickly. So this report, this essay, right, Dave, this report comes back, and when it does come back, you're able to proof it. We like to work in our office with the financial side of planning ahead of time. Uh, Peter has done some work in actually helping uh, parents fill out the financial aid form. I can't say FAF, is it FAFSA? FAFSA. 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 I have a hard time to say that for some reason. But Peter has done some of that, and it's, it's sort of detailed work with a lot of important need to bring all the records together. But one of the other things that I like to do especially is to sit down with a grandparent and say, have you done any gifting? If you have excess money you don't need for your retirement, have you thought about putting any money aside for grandchildren? We do a lot of that kind of work, whether it's in an investment for them or whether it's in a life insurance policy. And the importance, again, is to start early, start when the kids are first born. This goes back to the basic rule that we've talked about so many times on this show, Phil, of pay yourself first. If you have a brand new child, like Peter, start putting aside some money every single week right now. Because they grow up much faster than you think. (laughs) When when my son was born, I I participated in the U-Plan, and it's been very successful as as, it's grown. That is where you uh, give uh, to this fund and the state. Is it for statewide school, Dave? Is that the the, the premise of this U-Fund? Yes, and... We make we make uh, monthly contributions to that, and it's tied into a year of graduation, a potential year of graduation. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't it lock in the tuition that you have to pay or something exactly. like that too? Yeah. No, no. no, I think that is a different plan. Oh, okay. okay. All right. We need to do more uh, uh, on that U uh, fund because it is interesting, and yet it needs more publicity. Right. One of the things that we have in our office is something called backroom technician. We can structure a variety of reports, including a very detailed report on how, uh, let's say, a pair of parents should sit down and plan what are they going to be doing 15 years from now to provide for education for their children. And we can plug in their assets and project maybe what the child might need for education and how can we, in some kind of an orderly system, put together the money they're going to need, and we'll actually be able to print out a report. Um, so if somebody's interested in that, they should make an appointment and you know come to see one of us in the office. Yeah, the backroom technician um, software that we have is incredible. I mean, it has every single type of uh, 
financial form, financial uh, profile uh, that you can imagine. And, you know, we can plug in and do everybody's individual report on any subject matter related to finance. And that's uh, free as usual. I want to remind people, uh, Phil, that our goals in our office are to show people how to protect your family and protect your money. I'm getting the signal. I forgot to mention the phone number, 508-998. You did. 8858. Better repeat it. I interrupted you. (laughs) 508-998-8858. Thank you. Got to get you, the plugs in. You can be forgiven. You're not getting as much sleep as you have been. That's right. Right? <laughs> My wife has been wonderful letting me sleep as much as, as possible. Um, so I commend her and, and thank her if she's listening. Well, the, the most important thing that I think people should take away from today is start as young as possible. And don't be discouraged if you think that the the mountain of the cost of college is going to be too high because there are programs out there. And then uh, Dave from Dartmouth, uh, you mentioned that we need to start as early as the freshman year to think about what college you want to go to. But then at the beginning of the junior year, you really need to focus in on what financial sources are available. And I, I think it's exciting. I think that what you two gentlemen do is so important. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything more important in this country than education. I think we should have less money on defense and more money on education. We'd all be a lot smarter. And um, so let's continue for just a couple more minutes and talk about uh, do you ever have situations when students say, I simply don't know how I can afford this? And do you have the ability to jump in then and suggest something more definite for them, a program? Sure. A lot of those situations are the fear of borrowing a student loan. And what we try to stress upon when we're counseling students is that a student loan is actually investment into future earnings. I was told the other day, and I love this saying, learn more, earn more. And think of the student loan as a as an investment in future earnings. And at don't think of the student loan as it needs to be paid back now where you're earning less while you're trying to obtain a degree. And part of the, uh, the big packet of information that I mentioned earlier that we are happy to hand out, give to you, mail out to you for free, um, some of the strategies that it says is actually start at a two-year college. This can save almost 50%. Um, as well as you don't want to overwhelm your child or grandchild, but by taking more courses and graduating earlier, that, of course, saves money as well. Um, and there, there's some other just real quick, simple tips as well. Uh, this is a, a tip for any of you who are seniors. Uh, you can actually go to school for free. You can take courses for free. Um, and there's also some, uh, even if you're not a senior, if you are just a parent and your child is going to school, there are uh, some programs that allow you to go to school at a savings if your child is going to the same school at the same time. One of those savings I can add is, um, Dave was just reminding me, which is great, is the dual enrollment program. Dual enrollment is offered at, uh, right now our students at Dartmouth will go to either BCC or they'll take courses at UMass Dartmouth and receive college credit. And that is actually picked up right now by the state. So those courses are, are it's crazy if, if students don't t- uh, take advantage of those. Um, with a 3.0 average in high school, you're eligible, uh, you know, obviously with good conduct and, you know, not a lot of tardies, to leave and drive to the school. You have to get there. And most of the students can take classes late afternoon or even early mornings. And they can get a head start on that. 
And the last one that I should mention, too, is, is the advanced placement courses. Students taking AP courses. We have 16 at Dartmouth High School. If you take an AP course and you receive a passing grade, of, uh, they, they have a scale to 1 to 5. If most state schools, if you're a 3, 4, or 5, those count, and they come off your courses. In some cases, students have taken off almost a year of wow. their college tuition. Excellent. So let's stress that as well. So and I thank Dave from BCC telling me about that. But the dual enrollment is crucial, and not enough students really should you know, take advantage of it, and they need to. My son doesn't know it yet because he's only in sixth, uh, fifth grade at this point. But when he's a junior in high school, he will be taking dual enrollment courses <laughs> and he will be taking summer courses. And we are going to try to bang out a year before it's time for him to start as a freshman. That's good. But those are really important things to know. They are important. And again, we always get nervous every year with dual enrollment because it's uh, through the state. And if the state uh, pulls it in some years, they backed up, back, off, back off and we don't have a lot of spots open. But when they are, Dave, is right. We're going to be right on top of it. So, um, you know, again, we're back to planning from the guidance side back to ninth grade, and you're picking courses. Well, if you're able to reach up from the college to the honors level, you're able to reach up to an advanced placement course, you are actually saving money for college starting right there. And whether they know it or not, that's kind of my job. I have to kind of look that way and kind of show them that too. Well, this whole subject is very, very interesting, Phil. And I've learned things today that I haven't learned before. And I'd just like to mention for our listening audiences that the two Daves have just shaken hands with each other because they're in total agreement about how to make money for, for college and, and, and all this. It's, it's, it's really exciting to see here in the studio. I wish you could see it. With us. No, I just like to see a cut better, that's all. <laughs> I like that. I want to mention really quickly because we're almost near the end of our time. There are so many different ways that parents and grandparents can assist that they might not think about. Grandparents, if you have a house that has a lot of equity in it, you could potentially do a reverse mortgage and pull the money out and assist a grandchild to going to college. Life insurance is so important. This is not just a plug for life insurance, but if you've got a parent, uh, a pair of parents, and they've had a child in school going to college or about to go to college, and something happens to one of those parents and they pass away, suddenly it just totally kicks the, the legs out from under the chair of that student who perhaps is planning to go to college. Well, that's, there's two reasons for that. Again, if something happens, then uh, the re- remaining spouse and the children are, are covered, but also if the parent hopefully uh, remains uh, healthy and alive, then again, as I mentioned earlier, you can take a loan out against the policy and help to pay yes, for college Yes, if, you, if well. you have a whole life policy or a universal life policy that's building cash value, you can borrow the money out tax-free to do that. If life insurance is too costly and you can't afford to do that, at least carry some term insurance so that should something happen to one of the parents, there's going to be a sum of money that comes in tax-free that can help pay for the education for the children. And again, we could do at least an entire show just on uh, things that my father and I could uh, show you as to how to help uh, your child or grandchild pay for college. But um, we're here with um, you know Dave's from... BCC and from Dartmouth High School because we're trying to help with how best to get into the college and how to uh, apply for and get uh, student loans and scholarships. So, so you've got um, some talented resources here and, available at the schools. And even with having them on today, we could probably pick your brains for at least in another show um, with the information that you have. So thank you both for coming in. I really appreciate it, Dave and, and Dave Allen and Dave White. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you. 
and keep on studying. Phil, I'd like just to remind people very quickly, we are doing some seminars on Social Security planning next week. Right. Absolutely. On uh, Tuesday, May 14th, 2 to 3.30 and then 6.30 to 8 p.m. at USA Wealth Group's office located at 352 Fonts Corner Road. And then on Thursday, the 16th of May, there's a free workshop, 6.30 to 8 p.m. at the Hampton Inn in Fairhaven. These are free workshops that you really can't afford to miss. We'd like to say Happy Mother's Day to every mother who's out there listening. We've all had mothers or we wouldn't be here. And I learned a lot from my mother, and that's was always very important to me. So happy Mother's Day, every mother who's out there listening. Happy Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day, Mom, and happy Mother's Day to my beautiful wife. And thank you again to Dave Allen from Bristol Community College and Dave White from Dartmouth High School, Guidance Counselor. We really appreciate your expertise and your help. We'll see you next week, ladies and gentlemen, same time, right here for the Money Wise Radio Show. Until then, so long, everybody.